pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. More info and opinions on Big Red than one station can handle. Now on two stations. Big Red overreaction post game on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The K. Sound off. 402-951-1620. Big Red overreaction is sponsored by Burton AC, heating, plumbing, and more. When your plumbing's hurting, just call Burton. Equitable Bank. We take banking personally. And Coors Light. Keeping Nebraska chill. This will be a 49-yarder for the lead. Trickett's kick up and good. He has hit his two longest field goals of the season today. As the field goal that gave Minnesota a 13 to 10 lead, Minnesota had lost uh, 32 games in a row coming into today when they were trailing by 10 points or more, and Nebraska could not step on the throat and get the job done. Had a had a shot late, uh, but ends up short 20 to 13 is your final score. Hey, you can also text the show. Big Red Overreaction brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill. Uh, we get this one from the uh, from the text line from Chris. How much is Whipple hurting Mickey's opportunity for the head coaching job? Well, it all falls under the umbrella of Mickey at this moment. Um, Nebraska definitely has to manufacture a way to to score points, but that I mean it, it's a fair question because it falls under the umbrella, you know, like I said, of Mickey Joseph. At the same time, you do have to have a little bit of grace for it because, like John said, this is your offensive coordinator, and this is an offense and and a and a team that you did not choose and players that that you did not choose. Now, there's going to always be an element to that when you take over a job as a head coach, but it is a little bit tougher during the middle of the season, but it matters. It, you know, on the other side, it does matter. John, your, uh, your mic's off. There you go. I, I always, uh, I always forget. I mute my mic. I apologize for that folks. Um, I, that that's, that's one of the issues with this quote unquote tryout is how much of it, because it is Mickey's first opportunity to helm the ship do you judge him on the results of the season? And then how much grace do you give him? Because the situation that he inherited was highly untenable with players, some players, well, most players he didn't recruit or had any impact in their recruiting and coaches who he had zero impact on their hiring. And that's why I I continue to say the, the part of this conversation about who the next coach is and in regards to Mickey Joseph is, we don't know what he's telling Trev behind the scenes. We don't yeah. know what that interview is going to be like, what his plan is going to be like, because I think that may end up saying that that may say a lot more about his ability to coach this team or or Trev's thought process in his ability to coach this team than the results that we see on Saturday. And I know that that's not going to be very popular with some folks, but in a way you have to you do have to give him some level of grace 
because of the situation that he inherited. So, uh, you know, it, how Trev decides to balance that, we don't know. But I still think that most of Mickey's candidacy will be based more on what he tells Trev about his plan and about what how he interviews than the stuff that we're going to see. And again, going back to we don't see practice. I'm sure Trev's probably been watching some practice. He's probably mm-hmm. been observing, you know, those situations and whether or not. Because I've, I've said that the this part of coaching is the easy part. Preparing for games, getting ready for Saturday is the easy part of coaching. It's all of the other stuff. It's the stuff you do in the other nine or, you know, eight or nine months of the year that really dictates or, or has a lot to say about how you do in those three or four months when the games actually matter. And, and unfortunately, we've never seen Mickey in that role. No one's ever seen Mickey in that role. So it, it's, a, it's a hard thing to measure, but unfortunately, a lot of public opinion. You know, last week, it was, it was, it was, quite frankly, it was very irritating to hear a lot of people, fans and media alike, essentially handing Mickey the job if yeah. they had beaten Illinois. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's, that's not, that's Works not fair. Way too. Yeah. Nor is it fair to necessarily, you know, dismiss his chances because of maybe what happened today or what happened, you know, last week or what's going to happen next week. I will say this so b- before. We just, that's why I've been trying to preach patience on this. I will say this before we, before we take another call here and, and you guys uh, can feel free to call in at 402-951-1620 on the Lust Hills Harley Davidson hotline. There's a line open for you, but we got Ish and Chuck coming up here in just a second. But on Mickey, he he is, I mean, the biggest move that he's made so far, just from an operational standpoint, was firing Eric Shenander and bringing in Bill Bush. And that has worked out actually pretty well. He saw an opportunity there where they had a guy who could come in and call a defense and and, and improve Nebraska, you know, in a snap of the finger. And, and that has happened. He's not done that at the offensive coordinator spot yet. Not to say that he won't, but you mentioned, John, it's, it's a sort of a question of, who are you going to go to after this? But I will credit Mickey for his ability to, I mean, he doesn't, and back to a phone caller from earlier who said, look, there's just a reality of the situation. Mickey, I don't think that's how Mickey Joseph operates. And that is that is a real positive in his court. Now, you have to, you have to understand time and feeling and all this stuff as you go throughout the ebbs and flows of a season that you have inherited, which was, already a mess and what do you sort of do but I do trust that if he felt like it was it was that that bad um maybe a move would be made there because he did it with the defensive coordinator it was a little bit easier it was earlier um but I I I appreciate Mickey's ability to say look man just because this is the way it was and um this does not have to be how we finish out the season or who we are we can make we can actively go forward and make changes because this is this is my program. This is the way we're gonna run we're gonna run it. So you do have to, you know, you do have to judge Mickey Joseph on the decisions that he's making this season based on what we see as well. All right, uh back to the phones. We have Ish the Trucker on the line. Hey Ish, you're on Big Red Overreaction. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Um so <laughs> I'm not very mad, man. I usually get mad when I watch these games, but I was listening to it in the radio today, man, and I was just very disappointed because, uh, John, I agree with you, man. I, I really don't understand what Cheba Purdy does better than Logan Smothers. And we've we seen Logan you know, play last year, and we've seen a small sample of size of 
Chuba this year. And every time he went in the game, it's it's just been bad. So I, I really don't see this don't know where the stubbornness comes from where Whipple just wants to leave him in. It was just very disappointing to me today. At some point, you know, and I like Mickey, I support Mickey as an as an African American man, I like seeing him in that position. But at some point, man, you just gotta call out your office of coordinator and tell him this is not working. We need to go to some, you know, do something else. Coming out the half, Logan should have been in there. I mean, it's ridiculous. No and and with this offense, with, with this offense right now, I, I really don't see us winning another game. Like the, the next three games, we're gonna lose because we cannot win with this kind of offense. Like it, it is what it is. I I make peace with that. But man, is it's just very disappointing to see this man. I uh, appreciate you guys for taking my call. Have a good one. Thanks, Ish. Uh, thanks yeah, the the problem is, and Iowa won today pretty impressively at Purdue. They're starting to maybe figure it out at least a little bit or enough on offense. And Wisconsin's playing better. And of course, we all know what's coming next week. And uh, well, <sighs> yeah, and be prepared, fans. There's a there. I think there's a pretty good chance this will be big noon kickoff on Fox because you have two brand oh. name schools, and the and the conference schedule is not particularly good. So if you're just trying to pop a number because you have a couple of name brands, don't be surprised if Fox Big Noon Kickoff is in Ann Arbor next week. Maybe some more. Maybe Bruce Feldman will chime in with some more nuggets on the coaching search. I mean, that's perhaps. Yeah, that's that's one of the things uh, about this upcoming week as well. Uh, back. By to, the way, we we just ahead. had a well, we just had a touchdown. Uh, Georgia yeah, just yeah, yeah. popped a touchdown, uh, but they should have gotten a safety. <laughs> I know. So maybe in the end, it actually turned out for the best because it was a short punt, and then they were able to get a touchdown off of it. But they should have had a safety. But college replay, which is the best form of (laughs) instant replay in all of sports, uh, ruled that Tennessee's lineman, who recovered a fumble, got it out of the end zone in time. And and he clearly did not. It was was some of the worst um, replay review of all time. But Georgia's up two scores now on Tennessee, 13-3, PAT pending. And Kansas is up 10-0 after the end of the first quarter against Okie State. A uh, good scoreboard update there. Let's go back Thank to the Los Hills Harley-Davidson hotline for Chuck. Hey, Chuck, you're on Big Red Overreaction. Hey, guys. How are you doing? I uh, I don't really usually get to call in. I don't hardly ever get to watch the Husker games. Uh, I, I, work, I work for the Navy, so I don't hardly ever get to call or watch the games. I'm just curious of uh, when Whipple was with Pittsburgh, he seemed like he was a offensive juggernaut. What happened when he came to Nebraska? What was the difference? Because I had to catch up when I got off work today. It seems like the first two drives that we we were just dominating, and then we just we just died. I mean, what happened? So I, I don't know. I, I didn't get to see the game, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I caught I caught the last end of it, so. On the radio, on 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 you know the app, so I don't know what happened. It was like what happened. Well, uh, that's a complicated answer, Chuck. And thanks. <laughs> Basically, Nebraska's offense didn't do anything in the second half. Um, it, to be honest with you, but but to quickly answer your first question, uh, why why was why did Whipple look like a juggernaut last year? Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett. helped. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. Ah ah ah. I thought I thought uh, we had good quarterbacks. So I mean, Thompson's a great quarterback from what I've seen. I know he's hurt. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, Nebraska has a good quarterback. Yeah. So if you didn't watch he's... today, uh, Casey Thompson actually didn't play. Yes, I knew that, but I thought Purdy was a heck, a heck of a backup. I thought he was. Well, I'm not so sure. 
Mm, no, nah, not, not at the moment. <laughs> not at the I, moment. I don't get. I don't get a. I don't get a watch much. So. <laughs> well, thank you, Chuck. Thanks for the call, anyway. On here on Big Red Overreaction. I mean, we talked about this all off season. It was one of the things that we pointed out. It in Whipple's offense, it takes time, and that thing came to fruition last year at Pitt with a quarterback who was experienced and then, by the way, went in the first round of the draft. He could do some things And, by the way, well. had played four years, Yep. so he was very experienced. Extremely experienced, and he had a wide receiver who's now playing at USC and is probably going to go pretty high in the draft as well, and, and Jordan Addison, and maybe Nebraska has a pretty good wide receiver too, but, I mean, th- this is Whipple's offense. It, it, it takes time, and it came to fruition last year at Pitt, and um, they were able to do, you know, finally – really get to the vision of what they wanted with the offense. And it's just such an odd situation to be put in at Nebraska where you knew that Scott Frost was on the extreme hot seat and it was a one-year sort of let's roll the dice out there gamble situation anyway. And so I I don't think it comes to a huge surprise to any of us that you know it's been pretty clunky um, on the offensive side of the ball, that's to say the least. Yeah. Again, you know, it, you know, he he had he had time with a lot of the same players. He had time with the same quarterback. He had time with the same coaching staff. You know, this is more of a hodgepodge situation. And you know, I had the numbers. Uh, I don't have them at the top of my fingers or my, my fingertips. But um, the 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 trend under Whipple is that his offenses slowly get better. Yep. Over time, you know, whether it was at UMass or at Pitt. And this is just the first year. And that was one of my big questions coming into the year was, well, if that trend continues, then, you know, don't expect Nebraska's offense to, you know, go guns a blazing. That said, there have been times where the offense has looked really good. Um, But the last couple of weeks, um, especially without Casey Thompson, it is, it's not looked great. And there there were even times with Casey Thompson. That's what I was going to say, John. It's not even like the Rutgers game was anything spectacular. They just kind of gritted out, you know, uh, an ugly football game. But these are better teams now that they're playing, especially Illinois, Minnesota. Uh, They're better teams, and uh, and you're not going to necessarily be able to ugly up games, especially if you don't have your quarterback. If he had Casey Thompson for three years, I mean, I'd love to see what would happen with that. But he's not going to have Casey Thompson for three years. No, no, he's not. (laughs) So this and is- so and so sometimes you got to adjust, you know, your play calling based on the situation, and and that's that's kind of my biggest criticism of Whipple at this point. You got to judge your, you got to you got to you know adjust to your situation, and you also um, you also have to you know sometimes you got to get out of your own comfort zone because I think he's more comfortable with Purdy. It's obvious he's advocated for him now twice. Adjust to, to what be you the have. Quarterback, you got to adjust to what you have, and so if what you have is is Logan Smothers, then adjust to it and and try to make some plays there. I mean, Mickey said it last week in the press conference, we didn't scrap the old offense. We left a lot of that stuff in for a reason. Well, that's the offense that Logan Smothers is more comfortable with. So, you know, blend it into your system somehow and and make it work. I'll say this. I mean, I want to see Logan Smothers in the system that they are running without the other stuff in there. <laughs> sure. He can, he Again, can, he doesn't do anything worse than the guy that, that, that no, preceded him. Not at all. I mean, when Chubba, like, I don't want to be too hard on Chubba Purdy today, but man, it just, he, he, he drifts out of the pocket and he, and he sort of 
makes crazy plays with his legs and it draws him into trouble occasionally. So it's it's not you know it's not fantastic po- pocket awareness. And then that's all before he lets the ball go. And then he lets the ball go, and it's like, oh, my goodness. Some ducks floating up there. He threw a great ball, and it was a great catch by Marcus Washington, and it was overturned by the review that on Logan Smothers did. Um, that, I mean, that's that's a throw that Chubba just wasn't making and, and has not made or has not taken the attempt because he's been you know sacked or under pressure prior to that. I mean, that's... That's basically the only sample size we need is Georgia's, um, you know, deep into Tennessee territory again, as they might go up uh, uh, 21-3 here um, at the end of the first quarter. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, it's this will be a really big week in terms of where do you go and what do you do, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball to make it work at least a little bit on on Saturday against Michigan to, and, and get a good idea and see what you have. Um, back to the Les Hills Harley-Davidson hotline. We have, uh, let's see, who's been waiting the longest? It is Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Go ahead. Hi, guys. It's it's John and Connor, right? It's John and Connor, not uh, Michael and Kevin. And there, there has to be some sort of low-hanging fruit Terminator reference there, but I'm not going to try oh, that. Oh, right very good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess... Just, uh, again, week after week, it just feels more like the voice, the collective Husker fan voice crying out into the wilderness with, I mean, taking into account late last year when they started trying again with the, you know, the backfield motion option offense that seemed to be catching people off guard. And when the news came down at the beginning of the season with, Mark Whipple being hired as the offensive coordinator, a pass-centered offense, it was just the insert face palm meme here. I just, I mean, I watch, I'm watching Kansas as we speak, and just you watch Lance Leipold's offense, you just can't help but be kind of giddy as a Nebraska fan to just think about what could be. I don't think Leipold will be the answer here, but the, I mean, is there just, are we just missing the mark, do you guys think, when it comes to this, trying to force this pass-centered offense that we've been trying to these last 20 years now? And, I mean, is, it, is there just – are we just missing where we need to go with Nebraska philosophically? No, I don't I'm think gonna... so. I, and thanks for the call, Andrew. Like, I don't think it's in the philosophy and what you do, but what what I'm looking for in a head coach – and we don't know that Mickey Joseph has or doesn't have this. I think he has it, if we're being honest with you, if we're talking about – his specific candidacy, but the ability to adapt and adjust based on what you have. You're not tied to a specific scheme. You're not tied to what you do on the offensive side of the ball. That a lot of times comes with the hard headedness that that we're talking about. Now I'm this is what I was hired to, you know, Mark Whipple, this is his offense. This is what he was hired to do. He was hired to come here and run his offense. So you can hardly, you know, you could hardly, you know, we'll fault him for it, but you really can't fault him for it that much because this this is what he is here to do, run his offense. So you look for the hiring practices and head coaches and hiring offensive coordinators and what they're what they're able to do from a lot of and you pick them from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different experiences because Nebraska has to be a place where you can come and ha- and have success because of the players that you have and what you have to work with. 
not necessarily that it's you know it's running the option or it's a West Coast offense or whatever. Maybe you have an identity out of that, but it, Nebraska's got to be a place where you can have success on the offensive side of the ball, you know, without being specifically married to one concept, and that's that has been an issue here. The problem is, and it will continue to be this way, is that Nebraska has done two things poorly. One, they have not either recruited or developed on the offensive line to the to the level necessary. And two, they haven't developed their best recruits into their best players. You know, we, we've traced, you know, all the four stars for the last, oh, I don't know, was it 15, 14, 15 years? And Nebraska's hit rate with its highest rated players is about 20%. About 20% of Nebraska's highest rated players, its four-star players, actually turn into successful athletes, you know, successful, you know, whatever the position is. And Nebraska's done a very poor job of that. So that explains away a little bit why, you know, Nebraska continually recruits the best out of the Big Ten West in terms of rankings, but doesn't show it on the field. It's because those players who give them those higher team rankings aren't turning into great players. And and to me, it goes back to the lines of scrimmage. No doubt. Nebraska on the lines of scrimmage. And today, I mean, and, and to their credit, today I thought first half, especially the offensive line, you know, the defensive line It wasn't line a glaring weakness on either side it, today. It, it was better, but it's not consistent. It's yeah. not consistent. Nebraska used to consistently crank out all-conference offensive linemen every single year. Now you're lucky to get one first-team all-conference lineman every 10 years. And that's not a sustainable level of success in any league. This isn't just a, oh, Big Ten West, physical, physical, physical. No, it's any league. Big Ten West, Mountain West, SEC West, NFC West, doesn't matter. If you're not good on the offensive line or good enough consistently on the offensive line, no matter what system you run, is going to be compromised. And those, those, to me, are two of the biggest things that are hampering this program over the last, you know, decade plus. Connor Happer, John Bishop with you on Big Red Overreaction, brought to you by Equitable Bank, where we take banking personally. Uh, Coming up next, we'll take your calls. Biff, John, Wade, uh, Wayne, and Wade both hang on, um, and we will come back with more. Big Red Overreaction after Nebraska's 20-13 loss today to Minnesota on 16-20 The Zone and 101.9 The Kick. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.